The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage? in your home or business then call water cleanup of florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance with over 60 years of combined experience michael robert and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues 24 hours a day 365 days a year after the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954 579 That's 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six, or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. Chris and the guys at Greenview Construction LLC are a firm offering professional services in design and, of course, construction. And they are proud to announce that they've completed design and 3D renderings for two-spec home models located in the Jupiter and Palm Beach Gardens area, sitting on over one-acre lots. Now, they've got four lots available for these model homes. The first is a British West Indies model style, totaling just over 4,500 square foot, air-conditioned space, five bedrooms, five bathrooms, and they boast 16-foot ceilings in some areas. The second, more traditional style home, 3,100 square foot, air-conditioned space, four bedrooms and four baths. They boast 14-foot ceilings in some areas. Both models will have a free-flowing layouts that connect the kitchen, the family room, living room, library. I mean, library, a den, an outdoor lanai. And both models will have an option to add a detached in-law suite if you really want the in-laws to move in, and a garage totaling an additional 1,000 square foot. You can visit Chris and the team online at www.greenviewconstruction.com. You can email Chris Tyson, that's C Tyson, as in Mike Tyson, C Tyson, at greenviewconstruction.com. Or you can call 561-727-5013. They're also on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter. Just look for Greenview Construction. And if that wasn't enough, they have an appointment-only showroom at 715 Commerce Way West, Suite 14, in Jupiter, Florida. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Welcome to 3 Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Arriaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is here. And this is kind of like a, this is a, a tradition. We usually do this like the last, right before the last preseason game that nobody really cares about. 
We usually give us give you our listener our fifty three, and we will do that again today. But before we do that, uh, we as as always are brought to you by Manscaped Five Hours Sen. Use that promo code, you get twenty percent off your entire order. And not only do you get twenty percent off your entire order, they're adding free shipping now too. So that's an added bonus. And we're also brought to you by Better Edge. Go to b e t t o r edge.com slash the number five reasons and they'll give you twenty dollars just for signing up all right guys they're playing the the eagles on on saturday and i don't think anybody really really cares about this game although our coach has revealed that alec engold will play which is to say he's probably going to play five or six snaps and then he'll be he'll be gone but we're going to put together our 53 here um i don't think we want to talk about uh what mike mcdaniel deemed stomach bug gate today he actually called it that but i guess this is more more evidence to suggest that mike mcdonald didn't really see too much value in these last waning days of training camp i I think they have a pretty good idea of their 53 i think we do too hello chris no i was just fucking with you i was just i was was just gonna go silent Hi. Right. Okay, I think we could, we could start here. All right. Um, if we're gonna build a fifty-three, I think it's different this year. As in, usually we just say, okay, two quarterbacks, we move on. But we're keeping three this year, aren't we? I got three on mine: Tua, Teddy, Skyler. Your thoughts, Chris? I think uh, I think it'll probably more likely, much more likely than not, all three. I don't know. I mean, I would probably rate the chances of cutting um, or trying to sneak uh, um, Skylar Thompson through waivers maybe a little high, higher than some other people would just because hmm. I, I happen to think that the NFL, I made this point before, I think the, the NFL in general, they're all keeping two. They all know who those two are. Right. You go into every training camp knowing exactly who those two are. I think every team does. Um, And then there's there's always like maybe a a third. And it's like if they're thinking about keeping a third, it's generally because they have a third. You know, they have Mm -hmm. a third that that's like that's that's really compelling. There aren't that many teams out there looking to do like what the Eagles did to the Dolphins last year with uh, with Reed Sinet. And when the Dolphins tried to get him through uh through waivers and uh and the eagles took them and by the way reed Sinet might be available this year um again because you know he might not make the, the eagles um so so really it's probably a, a bigger chance than we than we're thinking uh then but at the same time they probably do keep them simon you're bringing on all three onto the roster correct yeah yeah all three yeah, I, uh, my fear is this. Uh, the Vikings traded a sixth-round pick for Nick Mullins. I think uh, Skylar Thompson's uh, – his profile is large enough where I think there will be several teams that would poach him immediately, if not sooner. All right, let's move on. Running backs, I'll go first. I've been changing these three all day today, and I am keeping three, just three. And I finally decided on these three. Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert are the obvious ones. Savan Ackman is my third. And I'll tell you why Savan Ackman is my third. 
Although I think that, you know, Zacharias White will make it onto the practice squad. I don't think everybody's just pining to, to pick him up right now. Savan Akwin is my third based only on what I saw yesterday at joint practices. He had an expanded role in the passing game, and he just seemed like the, the break glass in case of emergency, meaning break glass in case of a Chase Edmonds injury guy, because he was very, very much involved in the passing game even called a couple of wheel routes for him, which is something that is, you know, it's something that he actually has done pretty well in the past. Those are my three. Chris, you're three or four or whatever. Uh, Considering they have a fullback and considering they have Tyreek Hill and uh, Jalen Waddle set to take, um, I mean, sure, sure. They're going to be taking jet sweeps and whatnot, but Last year in San Francisco, we saw Debo Samuel doing more than that. And we know that when they traded for Tyreek Hill, part of the pitch was, hey, you're our Debo Samuel. You know, mm-hmm. um, that I mean, we know that 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 was something that um, that his agent said, you know, uh, publicly. So um, so we know that they're going to they're going to take a, a, a part in the running game. And so considering there's a fullback. Uh, present as well I think it's going to be three um, and I think it's going to be three halfbacks and the thing the the point I would make about whether it's Jaquandre uh, White or Savan Ahmed which I do think those are the two guys the point I would make two of them really one is uh, Zaquandre Wright or White is the only guy amongst the the backups or really in any of the guys that could make the team because I don't think Jared Jared Dokes has a uh, big chance of making the team who you can give the ball to in sort of short yardage, semi short yardage situations, you know, tight red zone, some, some place where you need power, some place where you need a tackle break. Um, I don't think that that's Raheem Mostert's game. That's not Chase Edmonds game. It's not, um, it's not Savan Ahmed's game. It's uh, certainly not Sony Michelle's game. Um, so, and it's not, you know, Miles Gaskin, you know, I, I don't know if he's, if he's really going to make it. So he's the guy that I would trust in those situations. I think he rounds out the group. Uh, but what I will say about Savan Ahmed, and I'll bring this up probably several times is keep in mind, the practice squad this year is 16 players, 16 mm-hmm. players. The Dolphins have to cut 26 players. So most of the guys that they cut uh, are probably going to end up in the cut in practice squad. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I, there there's 16 players on the practice squad. Six of the, those slots can be uh, can be given to a guy with as many accrued seasons, unlimited number of accrued seasons in the NFL. There's no playing time, you know, uh, um, limitations there um, for those six slots. So and the other thing to think, think about is those practice squad players can be brought up and played in NFL games without having to be put on the 53 man roster. They Hmm. can, they can bring those guys to the game, make them active, have them play in the game and they don't have to be on the 53 man roster. And they raised the limit this year. Uh, It used to be last year where uh, a player on the practice squad could have a maximum of two games where they play two regular season games. Now it's three or, and unlimited playoff games. So, um, so who you're thinking about in terms of who's rounding out the last spot in the depth chart versus who's more likely to actually play in the game might be two different players. 
You know, that that's mm-hmm. something that, uh, that, that people have to think about. You, you could have a situation where Saquandre Wright white is the third guy on the 53 man roster, uh, the third running back on the 53 man roster. And yet Savan Ahmed is the guy that gets activated on game day in place. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that is, that is very possible. Uh, so, so I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to round it out with Zaquandre white and, um, and kind of think about Savan Ahmed, uh, maybe miles Gaskin on the practice squad and we'll just see how it shakes up. Simon, your group. Um, I've got a bit of breaking news actually. I don't know if you've seen this, but, um, a civil lawsuit just filed in state court accuses three San Diego state football players, including the punk God. Matt Ariza of gang raping a 17 year old girl last year at an off campus party. Hmm. Yeah, I saw that too. I, I wasn't sure if we we're going to bring that up. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's a very serious um, thing, and I, I don't want to make jokes about it, but uh, you know, it's the Bills. You wonder why we stayed away from the punt guy. Then. Yeah. Um, my backs would be, I, I've kind of, the, the, obviously, in gold at fullback, Edmonds and Mostert. I've flipped around between Ahmed, Gaskin, and Michelle. Michelle, for history's sake. Gaskin, because I think he's probably the more experienced. He's probably, I don't know. I think I'd go with Ahmed, actually, just because I think he fits the scheme. There's a history with the 49ers. And in terms of those wide zone runs, I just think he can get to the edge, the perimeter quicker. So that those that would be my three. Yeah, I'm I'm completely with uh, Savan Ackman actually, you know, sticking around in some capacity this year. I do go back to 2010 when he actually got starts. He was effective, including a 125-yard effort. So, yeah, I like Savan Ackman. You know, if if he's not your RB1, you know, you could do a lot worse. You know when you say 2010, you don't mean 12 years ago, do you? Oh, 2020. I don't (laughs) know. I lost my time and space right there. Yeah, so you're just that ago. old, man. Yeah, you're just went, that old. Yeah, 2010. Who the hell was playing on the Dolphins in 2010? That's a great question. I'm trying to think uh, back. That was Sperano was the coach. That was, still, wasn't that was still Tony Sperano. That was the second. Oh year. wow. Oh right? wow. Or, no, no, third year. Sorry. Wow. Chad Henney and company. Wow. Chad Henney. Ronnie Brown, wouldn't it? Ronnie Brown and yeah, all those guys. Brandon Marshall. Yeah. Yeah, Savon Ackman sticks. I, I really do. I, I liked his performance on Wednesday. It just it opened my eyes. Like they used him enough on Wednesday, where I'm like, man, you know what? Uh, I think he's the he's Chase Edmonds' stand-in in case something happens to Chase Edmonds. Do you right, think, think? Do you think he'll be claimed off waivers if the if the Dolphins were were to cut him? Yeah. I mean, has he has he made noise enough to be you know that to no. be worried about that? No, I don't know if, if teams have as much, you know, deep memory as remembering two years ago when oh, he I actually think, got starts I, and he was effective. I think they'll absolutely pick him up. The you think so? Stupid Alf, come on. This is the NFL. This is the, they hire, I mean, you sit in a pro personnel meeting, they're going to know the ins and outs of every single player on every single roster because that's their job. It's just like, and right now it's constant tape watching other teams' bubble players to see who's going to, you know who they can add to the practice squad or who might make a 53 somewhere They're, they're absolutely, I absolutely think. I, I, I tend to think this is where we, this is where we as dolphins and uh, you know, people and dolphins fans and, and such tend to overrate our players. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know that other teams are really itching for that. Like, why would mm. they be? 
Well, moving on, uh, I don't think there's much debate here. They'll keep one fullback. It'll be Alec Engold. I think we can move on, right? Simon, Chris? Yep. 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 All right. Here's a, here's a debate. Tight end. I went back and forth on this. I think Tanner Connor makes it on, not onto the roster, but onto the practice squad. I don't think everybody's going to line up just to pick up a track star who who's injured at the moment. Mike Gusecki, Durham Smythe, Hunter Long. I kept it nice and simple. Three tight ends. What say you, Chris? Um, you know, I'm tempted to say the same thing. I, I think, I think three tight ends is the right answer. Um, this is going to be more of a three tight end or a three, uh, wide receiver offense, I think, than a, uh, th- two tight end offense, um, or two and three tight end offense. Uh, especially when you consider that this is going to be a two running back offense for a lot of snaps because of Alec Ingold. So, um, you know, or this is, I, I, I guess I should say this is going to be a two running back or three wide receiver offense more than it's going to be a two tight end offense. Um, so yeah, I'm tempted at three. Um, I guess this third game really, it matters. It, it, it's going to matter in this because I, I don't know if Tanner Connor is going to play or not, but I do know that Hunter Long has been buried on the depth chart in both games behind every single other tight end on the roster. And that's the second year in a row that that's happened. And, and both staffs have every reason to like him. The previous staff drafted him for crying out loud, you know, and, and this staff, Frank Smith said he liked him, you know, last year uh, coming out of college. Like he, he and Mike McDaniel said that he was on their board. Uh, yeah. And Mike McDaniel said the same, same thing. So they, they have reason to like him. And I recognize, I think it's important probably to note that, um, that, that McDaniel said that he's had his best week of practice uh, this week, but he also, you know, played his way to the very bottom of the depth chart. And, um, and I think that that's, uh, that's going to be interesting to watch in this third game because how he plays is probably going to dictate whether that's Hunter Long or Tanner Connor. Right now, I would say Tanner Connor. I'm more, I'm more interested in the uniqueness of his, um, of his speed and run after catch ability and, um, and, and his, his uh, ability to play in the passing game. I'm, uh, I'm more interested in that than I am in Hunter Long because not only has he played at the bottom of the depth chart, he's, been, he's, he's really been bad in these two preseason games, if you watch, mm-hmm. I don't know how he's looked in practice, but I, I know in the preseason games, like to say his blocking has been inconsistent would be, um, you know, a joke of a statement. I mean, he, he's had some, he's had a good block or two, but he's had some really crappy ones too. And, um, and so that's not how you're going to make it. If you're trying, if you're already kind of in the doghouse. Mm-hmm. Simon, how many and who are in your unit? Uh, three Gasicki, who I still think might get dealt, Smythe and Long. I just like Tanacon has not been available, not practiced pretty much for two weeks. I, mm-hmm. I just can't see how you're going to put an undrafted free agent rookie who's 227 pounds on the roster when he's not played for two weeks. You've not seen him in any game, he's not, you know, I, I just don't see how that can happen. I, I, I that, that to me would be a mystery. So I, I think, um, I think I go with those, those, uh, those three guys. All right, moving on to the wide receivers. I thought this was going to be a, a tougher one because I thought that Eric Azucama could have like a, a redshirt year, but he's played his way onto the team, and I think he's played his way onto snaps and to targets in-game. So Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Cedric Wilson, Eric Azucama, Trent Sherfield, 
My last guy, Lynn Bowden Jr., they need a guy to return punts. He'll do that, and he can also contribute in a pinch. I kept six guys. Those are my six. Chris? I'm going to go with five again. I think that, uh, um, you know, I could regret this. It could be six, but I just I just think they're in a numbers game problem. They're in a numbers game issue um, because of the injuries at corner with uh, Byron Jones and um, because they're keeping a fullback, because they're looking at keeping a third quarterback. Uh, all and now, now Andrew Van Ginkle is is has had his appendix removed and might not play in Week One. Um, they're in a bind from numbers standpoint, and I wonder if the the typical luxury things like a sixth wide receiver. I wonder if they come under a real crunch because of that. And the thing to keep again, the things to keep in mind about uh, about this uh, sixth wide receiver spot, a guy like Muhammad Sanu, okay, was sitting on mm-hmm. his couch until Miami called him right mm-hmm. has experience immediately took over his, uh, his wide receiver room because obviously hooker but like he's taken a strong hand in uh in helping to coach the wide receivers um and he returns punts so uh, is he going to be have his phone ringing off the hook if the dolphins terminated his contract no no, I doubt it. He was sitting on his couch until the Dolphins called. Um, would he? Could he play? Uh, take up a practice squad uh, spot now that there's six spots available for players of unlimited accrued seasons. Well, yeah, he could, and he could actually play in the games. You know, he could play in Week One from that mm-hmm. practice squad and be Miami's starting punt returner. Um, while you know, while they only keep, carry five wide receivers on a 53-man roster, so I'm going to say five wide receivers on the 53-man roster, and I'm going to say uh, that Trent Sherfield and um, and Eric Azakama rounded out after the 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 top three you know with waddle and uh hill and and cedric wilson um and i recognize that they will want to keep they would want to keep lynn bowden i think they would and i don't think we'll clear waivers i don't um but at the same time you know numbers crunch numbers crunch could be a real thing here so that's that's um that's what i'm going with simon your group uh i'm going hill waddle wilson uh, EZ, Trent Sherfield, and River Craycraft. Hmm. And we all agree Preston gets traded or just outright cut. Yeah. I think yeah. cut. I think I think other teams are gonna call the bluff and just let them be, be cut. Yeah, that, that that could happen. That that absolutely could happen. Moving on, tackles. Now I put three on the team. But I think that the third guy is probably not on the roster right now. You had a great uh, point on Twitter, Chris, and I'm pretty sure you're going to elaborate on that once we get to it. But I got three tackles on my team, Teron Armstead, Austin Jackson, Greg Little. Okay, now you may ask, okay, Greg Little, we don't know if he exists. I can confirm he does. And when he has existed in practice, he plays left tackle, he plays right tackle, and he plays it on the second team and never been anywhere else other than second team. So I think that they have it somewhere in their heads that that's the guy that was supposed to have the job. And Larnell Coleman was given an opportunity to take it away, and he didn't, in my opinion. So those are the three. And I, and to be honest with you, I don't think Greg Little will be here for long. I think the third guy... <laughs> will be somebody else 
on somebody else's roster. Chris tackles. Tend to think um, the point that I raised on on Twitter earlier, and I would expand on it really, is um, is the Dolphins might not be panicky about this backup swing position because behind Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey on the 49ers right now, they have three guys who who have all played left tackle uh, in Justin Skule, uh, Colton McKivitz, and Jalen Moore. Uh, they're drafted players. Uh, they were drafted players. They have a pedigree. Um, they were all on the offense. They all logged regular season snaps for Mike McDaniel, you know? Um, so he's familiar with them. Jalen Moore played 150 snaps at left tackle last year in the, in the preseason, he played another 90 snaps at left tackle in the regular season. Um, Colton McKivitz, I believe just, uh, started at left tackle, uh, in the preseason this year for the 49ers, uh, in the first game, I think, um, Justin Skewell started the second game for the 49ers, you know, cause they're not going to play Trent Williams in the preseason. Um, Again, all these guys very familiar to Mike McDaniel. They uh, they have logged regular season snaps. They played all right, and I think that Miami have to be looking at them because there is not room for all three of them on the 49ers roster. Um, and the other point that I would make is that if if you play if you're a tackle and you play for either of the Lafleurs, either in Green Bay or in New York with the Jets, then you probably have a significant leg up uh, on playing on coming in and hitting the ground running with the Miami offense. I mean, if you're from San Francisco and you played for Mike McDaniel before, then you really have a leg up. But I think that the law, you know, green Bay always has an embarrassment of riches there. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and the jets, you know, even though they lost Mekhi Becton, they immediately replaced him with Dwayne Brown. So whatever the backup situation was behind uh, Makai Becton and George Fant is still that situation, whether it be, you know, guys like Caleb Beninock or uh, Dennis Kelly um, or uh, another guy whose name I'm forgetting. Oh, uh, Chuma Idoga. Um, you know, I, I think that they'll keep an eye on the friendly offenses, the front, the offenses that that also derive from Kyle Shanahan's offense. And uh, or they'll they'll just outright take one of the guys from San Francisco. And I think that that's um, that's probably going to be your third guy, uh, like, as you alluded to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that this third game is going to be important because I don't know if uh, I don't know if if he's going to play or not with um, with what's his name, uh, Greg Little. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Kalandish is going to play. And he got $140,000 signing bonus. It was a really big signing bonus for an undrafted free agent, which means that he had teams after him, right? He had teams after him. So if you put him on waivers, there is a good, a, a fair chance that other, those other teams that were after him before are going to be after him again, you know? So, um, so the, they're, you know, this third game, if Greg Little's playing, Kellen Deach probably will play. It, it could matter. It could genuinely matter. Right now, I'll go with three, and I'll say um, that the third one is not on the roster yet. Uh, you know, I'll throw a name out there. I'll say Colton McKivitz um, or maybe Jalen Moore. Simon, your tackles. I mean, I, I sort of need to do it in an entire line because for, uh, you'll understand why. In terms of the tackles, I think there'll be four, and I think there'll be Armstead, um, Little, uh AJ and a new guy but the reason what I think about Miami's line whilst I don't think it's very good is the versatility right so you've got Armstead that can play left tackle 
but you've got Eichenberg who can play tackle, can play guard. You've got Williams who's going to play centre but can play guard. You've got Hunt who can play right guard but can play tackle. You've got AJ who can play guard and tackle. You've got Dieter who can play centre and guard. You've got Panky who can play centre and either guard. And I think, you know, that versatility is really going to help. So I think there will be four tackles. Um, but, you know, you look at two of them, Eichenberg, uh, you look at... Um, AJ and uh, and I think essentially a new guy and I think you might get a swing tackle who can play you know both left and right um, and I think it'll be a veteran guy maybe it'll be a guy that's I, I think that Miami have got to have in the back pocket and we've talked about this a couple of episodes ago but they've got to have somebody in their back pocket like a Jason Peters or an Eric Fisher they know they can just call up if Armstead goes down because you know let's be realistic never finished a season healthy, never completed a full season. And, you know, he's getting older and older and older. So the the, the likelihood of him playing all 16 ga- or 17 games is thin, okay? Um, but as it stands at the moment, I would say the guys that are on the current roster, Armstead, um, AJ, and Greg Little. All right, moving on to the guards. Uh, I kept four and I tried to, you know, I tried to whittle it down a little bit further. But I ended up with four. Liam Eikenberg, Robert Hunt are your starters. Adam Pankey, I, I find I see the light. Uh, you watch him at field level, and it's a different experience. He's a really, really good athlete. You could see how a coach could really like him. And he plays center. So that gives you a little leeway where you might be able to cut another uh, c- certain center on this team. And Solomon Kinley, I, he, he just plays good football. He just does. And... He has some good snaps this 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 preseason, especially in pass pro. And I don't care that, yeah, he might be a little bit overweight. He plays good football. And when he's out there, and especially when you watch him in one-on-ones, he actually shines a little bit. So he's a good football player. He's capable of being on this roster. Those are my four guards. And might as well just finish up right here. I got two centers, Connor Williams, Michael Dieter makes it on. But I would say Michael Dieter... You know, don't buy a house is all I would say. So those are my guys. Chris, your interior line. I'm I'm curious whether because if you look at the 49ers situation now that Alex Mack is um has retired and you know they've got three guys uh taking the snaps there in preseason with Jake Brendel, who used to be on Miami's roster once upon a time. Jake Brendel and Keaton Sutherland and um and another guy, uh, I'm forgetting forgetting uh, right now um donovan west um you look at that situation i'm not sure that they're that it's working out all too well over there and then you look at miami situation where adam pankey played like nearly an entire game at center um and michael dieter is uh you know a more accomplished center um more proven center behind con williams uh, you know, I kind of wonder, I kind of wonder if Miami could look and, and look at, talk to the 49ers a little bit and and be like, you know, this is, these are two friendly teams and be like, Hey, what do you need? Well, what do you need? You know, like, uh, and, and they could, you, you could see movement there. Um, as things stand, I would say, you know, the five interior players, well, really to Simon's point, it's more like six because, um, because, you know, Adam Pankey can play anywhere, virtually anywhere on the offensive line. Um, I think that Liam Eikenberg and Connor Williams and Robert Hunt, obviously the starters, but behind them, I think Michael Dieter, Solomon Kinley and Adam Pankey, I would put Adam Pankey ahead of Solomon Kinley, actually. Um, 
And, you know, I think that those could be the guys uh, all along the interior. I, I think it's Solomon Kinley versus Robert Jones, Frank, mm. to be honest. And if I'm just if I'm just looking at the preseason play, um, Kinley's outplayed him. Now, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Simon brings up that point. And it's an excellent point. He's not a technician. And um, and that will probably drive them crazy. But I, I do still think he has outplayed Robert Jones. So um, so I, I'm going to go with those those guys. Simon, your interior line. Um, so I have got um, Eichenberg, uh, Connor Williams at center, Rob Hunt, uh, Michael Dieter, Adam Pankey. I don't see a place for Kindley, unfortunately. Um, I think Chris's point is great about um, the 49ers. The one thing I would keep on, uh, just keep in mind as well, is players that Matt Applebaum has coached. Mm. Uh, Matt Applebaum, the new offensive line coach, was two-year uh, offensive line coach at Boston College. So, you know, you look at guys like Tyler Vrabel, uh, mm -hmm. Atlanta, you know, a tackle, um, you know, a guy like that. Ben Petrula at the Browns is another guy that you think, okay, could be, somebody that might be in the mix if because he knows these players. Aaron Montero at Washington is another. Um, you think they're... Former Miami player. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So you think, you know, there might be three guys that, you know, just with an understanding of system, with an understanding of coaching and technique and those sorts of things, they might be guys. You know, Donovan West is another guy that, you know, was talked about, you know, whether he makes a team that that 49ers line is really good. So... You know, I would keep an eye out on that as well. But for me, I think that, uh, what have I got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine offensive linemen. So, you know, you could carry nine, could carry 10. I, I think there's a new guy to, you know, I think there's somebody in play um, that will come in and take a spot. And maybe two spots if if they decide about Greg Little. Because I think, you know, I can't sit here and say that, um, that uh, what's his name, can't make the team because he hasn't practiced for two weeks, the tight end, Tanner Connor. Well, Greg Little hasn't practiced or played for two weeks and I've got him making the team. So, you know, I, there's got to be a little bit of give somewhere. So, um, you know, there could be two new faces um, and one could replace Greg Little. All right, moving on into the defense now. Uh, edge players, I think this was cut and dry in my opinion. I, I, I got four and I think these will be the four. Like I'm willing to bet a lot of money on this. On this. Jalen Phillips, Melvin Ingram. By the way, Melvin Ingram has had a great camp. ABG, Van Ginkle, and Porter Gustin is the new face. Those are the four edge players I have. Chris, um, this is a tough one, just because you know how do you how do you classify all this? Um, so yeah, because like Jalen and Jalen Phillips and Emmanuel Ogba kind of play similarly, uh, or yeah, they, going, they, play, they play down linemen. Uh, right, but I'm going edge. based on their depth chart, which they have them listed as. as yeah, edge guys. I, I, yeah I, don't, I don't really have that. But, um, okay, so if if we're not, if we're excluding Emmanuel Agba from this this group, this unit, mm -hmm. then I would have Jalen Phillips, of course, and Melvin Ingram, of course, right? Uh, Andrew Van Ginkle is another, of course, um, uh, even though he's might not play week one because of he had his appendix removed um behind them i would have port augustine as well but i think and this is where i'm going to say an either or and you know which which is terrible i know but um but i think that brennan scarlet will also make it or if it's if he doesn't it's because they've signed trent Fla or trey flowers 
Mm. So, um, so I do think that there's one other guy there right, right now. I have Melvin Ingram or Melvin Ingram and Jalen Phillips, Andrew Van Ginkle, Port Augustine, and then Brennan Scarlett or Trey Flowers. That depends on health. Mm. I classify Brennan Scarlett as a, as a linebacker in mind, just to round out. The oh, he's an edge. He's an edge player though. So, yeah. um, but he could play linebacker and, and I don't like this group. <laughs> so, so I had to, so he, he has to, he has to wear two hats on my team. Simon, your edge guys. Yeah, I've got uh, so it's confusing because I obviously had some of them as linebackers, but I've got Ogba, Phillips, Ingram, uh, ABG, and Port Augustine as those kind of edge outside. I mean, it's difficult edge outside linebackery type players. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the five. I do think Trey Flowers absolutely in the mix. I know I saw a report yesterday he was signing, but I don't think that's been confirmed by anybody. So. Um, whether there was a medical issue or whether or not that was just somebody jumping the gun, I don't know, but that those would be my guys. All right. Moving on to the defensive line. Um, Emmanuel Agua is, is an obvious one for me. And, and, you know, you could classify him as an edge player or, or, or a down lineman, but the rest, Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, no, no surprises really, by the way, uh, Raekwon Davis, John Jenkins, and the new guy, Ben Stilley. Ben Stilley rounds out my group on the defensive line, Chris, it's the same group for me. And, um, you know, doesn't matter what you classify doing what I think the, the important thing to know is if they do keep stilly, um, and, and they also have Zach sealer, both of those guys can log snaps at, on the nose, uh, and stilly probably a little bit more in rundowns, whereas Zach sealer and more, it has logged a lot of snaps and on the nose and pass downs. Um, but both, you know, Ben Stilly could also do it on pass downs as well. But um, because of that, you know, that's why I think that Raekwon and John Jenkins will be the only two on the roster who are, you know, more, more on the nose players. Um, I don't, that's why I don't think that there's much room for like a Benito Jones or, um, or the, the new guy, Niall Scott. So I have it the same way. Simon defense alignment. Yeah, I have, uh, Davis Wilkins, Jenkins, Sealer, and Stilly. So. All right. All right. Moving on to the linebackers. Uh, I got Brendan Scarlett wearing two hats on this team. And I think, uh, Sam Egwavon's run here in Miami has come to an end, and so has Calvin Munson's. Jerome Baker, Alanon Roberts, Duke Riley, Channing Tindall, Brendan Scarlett wearing two hats on this team, just five. Chris? You know, I do have Calvin Munson making it. Um, it, it this is, this is going to be interesting, and, you know, maybe, maybe I'll regret this. I don't know. But um, I, since I already had Brent, I have Brennan Scarlett making the team unless he's being replaced by Trey Flowers, you know, um, whereas on the linebackers group, I have Jerome Baker, Landon Roberts, Duke Riley, and Channing Tindall, of course. Uh, and then I think that there's a, qu- a question of whether it's Calvin Munson or Sam Aguavon. And I would say that Channing Tindall has played well enough in this preseason um as a pass coverage specialist linebacker to get on the field that way and i think that that doesn't leave room for sam Aguavon as much but i still think that they may you know they may leave room for a calvin munson uh to be in there and be a real you know knock you silly linebacker 
um, instead of uh, instead of Sam Agobot. So I do have Calvin Munson making it. Um, and I have, I guess that would be five guys for me uh, if I'm counting Brennan Scarlett as an edge player or six guys if I'm uh, counting it Brennan Scarlett as a linebacker. Simon, your linebackers. Uh, I'm with you on the Scarlett thing. It's just an ease to put him at linebacker, but Baker, Riley, Robert, Scarlett, and Tyndall. All right, moving on to the cornerbacks. Uh, this unit was a strength a few weeks ago, but with uh, Trill Williams going down it's not as strong i think they're going to be seeking help but i got six Xavier howard byron jones byron jones by the way must be off of pup in the next few days if you expect him to play week one nick needham is the slot guy kian crossan cater kohu makes it noig benogany rounds out the six not that i want him on there but i think his his salary helps him stick on stick for one more season Chris, your cornerbacks. You know, um, again, I, I think because of the injuries, uh, it's if if Byron Jones is is going to be is if the calculus is such that um, that they don't want Byron Jones to miss the four games on on the pup, um, then I'm I think it's going to have to be six. Um, and if it, if on the other hand, if Byron Jones does end up on the PUP, then, then they can probably get away with five. Uh, I just think that the sixth or fifth guy there um, is going to be somebody from that's not on the team yet. Uh, I guess you could say Noah Igbenogany until that person is identified. Um, but, you know, in reality, I don't think it's going to be Noah Igbenogany. So, uh, so I'll Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Nick Needham, Keon Cross, and Cater Coho, and then I think a sixth man um, from from another team. I think Mac. I think they showed their hand a little bit with Mac Alexander, um, but he got hurt right away, so they they let him go with an injury settlement or whatever they did. Um, so I think uh, I think there is going to be another guy incoming. Simon, your cornerbacks. Uh, I think if Byron Jones starts the season i think it'll be x byron nick needham noah keon and kade kohu i think if byron goes on to the pup list i think they'll sign a veteran joe hayden or somebody like that i think will um will come in and um and challenge for a or potentially a starting position depending on how they do it the, the caveat to that is that obviously holland and Rowe can both play slot in terms of slot corner you know javon holland you, you go back to you know, it kind of makes his safety performance last year even more amazing because he obviously sat out the 2020 season because of COVID. And in 2019, he only played six snaps at safety in the entire season. He played all at slot corner. So he hadn't realistically played. Um, he hadn't played safety since 20, what were we, 2018? Yeah, uh, it was, it was a while. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and Eric Rowe, I think, can, can absolutely play the slot as well. So, I, you know, I think that sort of lessens it a little bit. You could potentially, you know, see a scenario where Nick, Nick Needham moved outside opposite X and you put Holland at, or, or Rowe at, um, at free, probably Rowe at free safe, uh, um, nickel corner and keep Javon Holland where he is. So, um, but yeah, that would be my guys, uh, Byron, X, Nick, Noah, Keon and Kohu. All right, um, Noah. On the way out from from cornerbacks, Noah Igbenogany has no value whatsoever. Simon, what do you mean? Uh, can they salvage a pick out of Noah Igbenogany? 
I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, Chris, any any ideas on Noah Gonagani? Uh, unless unless there's something you know, like I was saying, they're no. I mean, it's just Miami's Miami's needy at corner. So whoever they're talking to about about Noah Igmanogany is going to see right through them. <laughs> yeah, he's going to say, "You guys need a cornerback, and you're pawning one off on us." Yeah. yeah exactly. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, I, I hate to be this guy, and I know they made a lot of fun of, of fun. They made fun of our our podcast, uh, a lot of our listeners by by saying uh, we we didn't want to take a dump on Noah Benagni, but here goes thirty minutes of it. He's had a bad camp. There's no other way to, you know, how you say, oh, this guy's had a great camp, and and that guy's had a great camp, and that guy's in great shape. This is the rare instance where you can say he's had a bad camp. It's simple as that. Moving but- on. To- the, right. I will say that you know, take take the devil's advocate because I've been shitting on all of them too. So, um, you know, take the devil's advocate here. It always it always catches my attention when the when the staff continues to send the vote of confidence and a guy by having him march out there with the starters. I mean, Byron Jones not been playing, so um, you know, having him continue to march out there high up in the depth chart, high up in the rotation. The entire time, despite everybody, everybody everywhere shitting on him, you know, uh, everybody everywhere is saying that he's he's you know he's he's not good. Uh, he hasn't been good for the last couple of years. He's a bust. Um, you know, people that have been at camp, including yourself, have said he's not practiced well. All, those of us who have watched the preseason look at that and say he's not played particularly well there either. And yet they keep marching him out there. So. Um, so that's something to catch your attention. Like I, I always hate to go against the coaching staff when they're trying to, they seem like they're trying to make a statement about that. So who knows? All right. Uh, safeties. I kept four and I like a fifth that I think will manage to get onto the practice squad. And that's Jerome McKinley, but the four that are rostered Javon Holland, Brandon Jones, Eric Rowe, and I think Elijah Campbell had a great camp, and I think he even played even better in the, in the games. So those are my four. Chris, your safeties. You know, this is this is where I might regret things because um, I do have the same four, um, but I might regret Elijah Campbell over Verone McKinley. And if I do, it's because of this whole thing about you know who, who who's more likely to play in the game versus who's more likely to be claimed off of waivers. Uh, Verone McKinley as a fresh undrafted free agent this year, uh, who's been playing pretty well, uh, for the dolphins in preseason and playing a lot of snaps. Um, you know, maybe he's the guy that's more likely to get, to get, uh, um, picked up off of waivers, uh, compared with Elijah Campbell, who has been around the, the league, uh, for a couple of years. Um, if you think about it, you know, he was, he was drafted in 2018, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so he's been around. So it's like, if they cut Elijah Campbell, I, I don't know the other teams out there are going to be like, I mean, yeah, he's played really well in the preseason. To me, he has won the job in the preseason, but if they cut him, it's like, how many teams are going to be, you know, this guy's been passed around a lot. Um, I don't know that anybody's going to cut and going to going to fall over themselves to claim them off waivers. Whereas Verone McKinley, 
maybe I'm just talking myself into it. Maybe I'm just going to put Veron McKinley as that fourth guy and say that uh, Elijah Campbell's um, kept on the practice squad and may actually be active on game day even before Veron McKinley. <laughs> um, so. Simon, your safeties. Uh, yeah, I go uh, Holland, Jones, Rowe, and McKinley. All right. The three specialists. Rowe makes it. The three specialists are Jason Sanders, Thomas Morstead, Blake Ferguson. Uh, those are obvious. Those are actually already set. There are no other guys on the on the roster to do any of these jobs. So so th- no surprises there. On the way out, I'll start with Simon. Uh, where does this roster get help in the waiver wire in the next four days, I would say? Uh, potentially tight end, potentially offensive line, potentially cornerback and then one one of you two have done your mm. thing i just have it back a sec because i just want to make a fascinating point before we go out all right uh chris where does this team seek or get help in the next four days you know i think that it's it's going to be uh offensive tackle particularly from the san francisco 49ers but also look at the jets or uh green bay packers um i'm not particularly sure what they do at corner uh to be honest um so you know wait and see on that uh and and i you know we'll just we'll just all have to get our popcorn and see what's happening um i thought it's an interesting point about tight end and i think that that's fair a fair point is uh, you know i don't like the guys uh behind gesicki and durham smythe um particularly you know tanner connor it's not that you know, I, I'm, I'm, my interest peaked there. Um, but it, it wouldn't be a guy that's like, I'm falling over myself to, to keep on the roster. And then Hunter Long has been just buried and I, I don't know what to think there. Um, so yeah, it could be a tight end. Could, there could be help with tight end coming. And if that is the case, again, I make the exact same point. Look to the 49ers, look to the Jets, and look to the, the Packers or any of these um, these offenses that run an offshoot of Kyle Shanahan's offense, you know, possibly even taking a look at the Rams there, um, so on and so forth. There, there could be help coming uh, at tight end from those teams. All right, Simon, you had something? Yeah, just when you were talking about Noah and I was just thinking about our 30th pick and, you know, how we blew it. And, you know, you look at Jonathan, I was just looking to seeing like who we could have, you know, your eyes are always drawn to Jonathan Taylor. Then I was just looking at that 2020 draft and you like, you look at it and you think where we stand now, you kind of feel like, you know, Burrow and Justin Herbert are on that sort of Hall of Famey type trajectory, you know, in terms of where they're going and whatever, you know, but you look at it, you have Chase Young, like, catastrophic injury he's going to miss the start of this season Akula's had two injuries he's kind of you know really struggled Andrew Thomas obviously had a terrible first year the brilliant second year you go down CJ Henderson the ninth pick you know almost like retired from the game then got traded he's in trouble in the Carolina camp in terms of where he stands Mackay Beckton at 11 you know there's all the trouble that he's had off-field issues Henry Ruggs at 12 you know, killed that woman in the car accident. Oh, he's in prison. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got AJ Terrell, who's, you know, one of the most underrated, if not the most underrated player in the entire Very, very good player. Absolutely superb corner. You know, you got Damon Arnett, an absolute fucking clusterfuck of a human being, you know, has been around the league already and arrests and all that sort of stuff. Jalen Rager looks like he's not going to make the team with the Eagles this year, might get cut. Justin Jefferson, you know, top three, four receiver in the league in terms of, skill talent and then you look at though that Igbenogane section of the draft 29 Isaiah Wilson one of the great clusterfucks of all time in the first round 
Igbenogane at 30, and then Jeff Gladney was obviously killed in a car accident a few weeks ago. It's just like, that is the most bonkers first round that I can think of in a long time in terms of like peaks and troughs of guys that are like, do you know what I mean? You've got a guy who's killed somebody, a guy who's been killed. You've got a guy who's mm. like two monster fuck-ups in Wilson and Arnett. You've got, you know, what looks like, you know, three monster players in Burrow, Herbert, Jefferson. You've got Lamb, you've got Tua who could do stuff. You've got Terrell, who's an absolute stud. It's just a, you know, crazy. Yeah, and Mackay Becton, who who was on the Dolphins' radar that year, uh, he's, I will put him in the unlucky category, just like Jake Long. Uh, Jake Long was not a bad draft pick. He was just unlucky. His body fell apart. Like and that's Denzel what's happening Mims. to Mackay Becton right now. But he hasn't played well either. No, right. You got well, Denzel Mims, who's requested a trade tonight. You got Josh Uche, who might not make the Patriots team. You know, you know, mm-hmm. second round guys. You're like Antonio Gibson, who's just been, you know, officially not going to be the starter in in Washington because Brian Robinson's won the job. It's just it's crazy, isn't it? All these guys that you just like. KJ Hamler's barely played. It's like, yeah. And then you got then you got you know the the Bucks with uh with Tristan Wirth sitting pretty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, well, we're good here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. I don't think we're gonna take a shot at at uh at the captains. Although you know, it's kind of you know, it's 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 predictable. I would say, uh, if I'm gonna give take a, a very quick stab at it, I would say, you know, Tua, Ingold, Hill, Armstead, and then three on defense because last year they had seven. I would say, what do you say to Wilkins, Roberts, and X X finally gets the C on his chest. Holland will absolutely be a captain. There's a zero hmm. doubt. Over Holland X. That'll be, be an upset. Captain. I think that'll be an upset. Although he deserves it. Like, like if you watch him out there, uh, the guy could run for president, by the way. His podium game is as good as anybody's on this team. Javon Holland is a talker, and he's going to be a mega star in this league. All you got to do is put him in front of a camera. Put him in front of a camera, he'll perform. Because his I mean, play, term, his play is going to be great. In terms of gravitas players on the team, you know, you, Armstead, uh, Holland's one uh, of those guys. Armstead, Elandon Roberts, Holland, and uh, Wilkins are the guys. Yes, absolutely. Those are the those are the gravitas guys. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know, and Hill, uh, I I would throw Hill in there because you know uh, th- he's very well liked by that re- wide receiver group. So by everybody, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think I think everybody's been. I mean, it, it, just in terms of. Just in terms of uh, setting the culture um, and this, you know, I think that Mike McDaniel has done a lot to set the culture. And I think it's in, in some ways you back up and, and it's kind of staggering to think about it because this six months ago, this was a team that had fired their head coach surprisingly, shockingly, um, and and then got hit with an embarrassing uh, class action lawsuit, got hit by the NFL with um, with the tampering uh, punishments, a real a really strong tampering punishment. Um they're on their fifth offense in their in five years. You know, uh, this is this is not a team that should have confidence and swagger on offense, but it is a team that has confidence and swagger on offense. And if I have to look in two places to determine why, it's Mike McDaniel and Tyreek Hill. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Those two. It's like Mike McDaniel has you know sort of a talk the talk thing um, that that the players are really responding to, uh, which is important. But, you know, I think it's Tyreek Hill that also has the walk the walk thing that has just really changed the attitude, changed the confidence level 
of everybody on offense and maybe everybody on the team. And um, and so if if Tyreek is not elected a captain, I will actually be very surprised uh, and knowing that Teron Armstead is probably a lock for that as, as well. And so is to a tongue of a low. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think Tyreek is uh, if he's not voted a captain again, very surprised. And even if he's not voted a captain, it doesn't matter because he has changed the culture. Mm-hmm. And and as a reminder, Tyreek Hill was a captain in Kansas City for four years. So yeah. So, so there you go. That adds up. And by the way, on the way out, uh, Tyron Armstead, if you want to comment, Simon, you could go ahead. Uh, the best thing I saw in camp all summer long, Josh Sweat is supposed to be a pretty decent player this year. Tyron Armstead had him in jail on Wednesday. Uh, if you want to comment on on Tyron Armstead's exploits, Simon, and what you expect from him this year, go ahead. I mean, he's an all-pro player if he stays healthy. Um, I don't think anybody um, anybody doubts that. He's a, a legit, the best player at that position that we'll have had since uh, Richmond Webb. He's a, he's an absolute stallion. So he's just got to stay healthy. Yeah, that's that's key. That's key. As long as he stays healthy, we'll be fine. Uh, I, I I tend to bank on that, that COVID year. That COVID year, he did play the entire season. He just missed two games due to COVID. That's not his fault. He just picked up COVID. So it wasn't an injury. So if he could repeat that, I think we'll be in good, good shape on that offensive line. All right, that's it. The next time we talk to you, we'll be talking about the regular season. We'll put all of this behind us, all this preseason, all of camp behind us. We'll be talking about the New England Patriots on September 11th. But till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion? Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.